Welcome to The Wellness Connection with your hosts, Roddy Aglis and Peter McCarthy. Our program provides you with timely and relevant information on the state of your health and the topics surrounding it, such as natural remedies, green living, expert opinions, important facts, and more to contribute to your healthy lifestyle. Now, here are Peter McCarthy and Roddy Aglis. Hello and welcome to The Wellness Connection. I'm your co-host, Radia Gleese. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. <clears throat> Today's interesting and informative show includes an interview with cancer research expert, Dr. A.J. Goal, as well as our weekly features, The Supplement of the Week, The Burning Question, and this week's Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Report, plus a health freedom update with attorney Judith McGeary. But first, Radia, you've got some new information to share on the importance of getting a good night's sleep, don't you? Yes, I do, Peter. Research at Michigan State University have conducted the largest experimentally controlled study on sleep deprivation to date, revealing just how detrimental operating without sleep can be in everything from bakers adding too much salt to cookies to surgeons <laughs> botching surgeries. That's an unpleasant idea. Oh. <laughs> the study was funded by the United States Office of Naval Research. If you look at mistakes and accidents in surgery, public transportation, and even operating nuclear power plants, lack of sleep is one of the primary reasons for human error, said Kimberly Fenn, Associated Professor of Psychology and Director of the MSU Sleep and Learning Lab. To test sleep deprivation's impact on how people follow steps in a task, Fenn's team brought 234 people into the sleep lab at 10 p.m. That night, all the participants worked on a sequence-based procedure that involved following a series of tasks in order. Periodically, they were interrupted and had to remember where they were in the procedure before picking up again. At midnight, half of the participants went home to sleep while the other half stayed awake all night at the lab. The next morning, everyone completed the procedure once again. All participants met performance criteria in the evening, but roughly 15% of participants in the sleep-deprived group failed in the morning, compared to 1% of those who slept, said Professor Fenn. This shows that the sleep-deprived group experienced a great deal of difficulty remembering where they were in the sequence during interruption. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting because we both have the experience that sleep deprivation is one of the primary reasons why so many of our respective customers come in and seek help with us at our, at our pharmacies. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's a, almost an epidemic nowadays, you know, and of course, lots of folks do well with a little melatonin, you know, but if that just doesn't do the trick and some people genetically, like myself, do not manage melatonin very well, mm -hmm. I'm still very drowsy in the morning. Um, but for other people, one thing that I just cannot keep on my shelf is Cabernet's Ultra PM by Neuroscience. Absolutely. You know, and also CBD is helpful for some. And Peter, you have some interesting new, new information about combining probiotics with Ayurvedic medicine that may increase longevity. 
Yeah, that's right, Radia. As you know, you are what you eat, or so the saying goes, but science now tells us that we are what the bacteria living in our intestinal tract eat, and this could have an influence on how well we age. Building on this, McGill University scientists fed fruit flies with a combination of probiotics and an Ayurvedic herbal supplement called Trifola that was able to prolong the fly's longevity by 60% and protect them against chronic diseases associated with aging. The study, which is published in scientific reports, adds to a growing body of evidence of the influence that gut bacteria can have on health. The researchers incorporated a symbiotic, which is made of probiotics with a polyphenol-rich supplement, into the diet of fruit flies. The flies fed with the symbiotic lived up to 66 days old, which is 26 days more than the ones without the supplement. They also showed reduced traits of aging, such as mounting insulin resistance, inflammation, and oxidative stress. At the onset of this study, researchers were hopeful that combining trifola with probiotics would be at least a little better than their individual components in terms of physiological benefit, but they did not imagine how successful this uh, formulation would be. It was just unbelievable. Well, uh, I, hope we're, I hope we're following along the line of a fruit fly. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because in Ayurvedic medicine, which, as you know, is a, it's really like a, a body type, the vata, pitta, and kapha. Uh, uh, they, I personally am a pitta, and I just recently looked up. I'm a pitta with a, a pitta dominance with a little bit of kapha thrown in there. And that was what was recommended for my dosha, which was tripola. So I'm starting to take that. Well, that's interesting. And, you know, at, at when I was at work last week, I also found that there's a little known and for, uh, fourth type of Ayurvedic type that a very famous song was written about it back in the 1970s. Uh-oh. And it's called Inagata Davida. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I can feel Peter's humor, humor crawling around the <laughs> Well, now we're delighted to introduce our featured guest on today's Wellness Connection. Dr. H.A. Gold, Ph.D., is a professor and director at the Center of Gastrointestinal Research and director at the Center for Translational Genomics and Oncology at the Baylor Scott and White Research Institute, Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Gold has spent more than 20 years researching cancer and has been the leading author and contributor to over 250 scientific articles published in peer-reviewed international journals and several book chapters. He's also a primary inventor on more than 20 international patents aimed at developing various biomarkers for the diagnosis, prognosis, and prediction of gastrointestinal cancers. He is researching the prevention of gastrointestinal cancers using integrative and alternative approaches, including botanical compounds. Dr. Gold, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Thank you so much, Peter, for having me on the show. I'm very excited. Well, we're glad to have you back, sir. And uh, Dr. Gold, how did you become interested in the subjects of epigenetics and cancer prevention? Um, Thank you for asking me this question. Uh, uh, Very interesting. Um, So I became interested in looking at epigenetics and cancer prevention now close to about 15, 18 years ago. 
when this whole world of epigenetics began to evolve, um, as you would think, I mean, we all know, we have historical data that diets and lifestyles are very important when it comes to different diseases. Uh, but we can never, we were unable to do any connection between genetics and diets. We know that we all have, um, as a human race, we genetically are very, very similar. So if that is the case, then you would expect that the disease burden, whether we're talking about cancer or any other chronic illness, anywhere on the globe should be identical because we are all the same race. But the reality is that is not the case. Uh, we know that in some countries we have certain diseases which are more common than others and so forth. So it comes down to the, the topic of epigenetics. So what is epigenetics? It's a compound word, epi, which means above and beyond genetics. So, so this is a relatively new concept which began to evolve, like I said, 15, 20 years ago. And what that tells us is that our genetics actually plays a very small role in most chronic illnesses. Less than two, 3% of the disease is primarily driven by genetics by itself, which means hereditary diseases where the disease is passed on from one generation to the next or one of, uh, one, uh, from parents to kids and so forth. So it's mostly epigenetics, which is a process by which uh, we control the expression of 20-some thousand genes we have in our bodies. So this is a process which is actually a lot more important than genetics because 90-plus percent of disease is controlled by epigenetics, a process which is now intimately linked with our diets and lifestyles and so forth. So if you're living a healthy lifestyle, doing all the right things, the, the genes which are supposed to function in our body in the natural way, they function that way. But if you are living a poor lifestyle, making poor dietary lifestyle choices, so this process can actually turn off or turn on some of the genes and they don't function correctly. So, so this is a fascinating concept and we have barely begun to understand this in the last 15 years, but this all makes sense now that it is not only the genetics, but primarily the epigenetics which can help us understand the disease process much better. Yeah, that is a great explanation of uh, epigenetics, Doc. Um, much of your research, you know, has focused on curcumin and its effectiveness in dealing with cancer. Tell our listeners, what's the difference between turmeric and curcumin? We, we often hear those terms used interchangeably. Uh, Radhya, you just asked a very important question, and I, I get this kind of question almost every single day by phone calls, emails, and people think turmeric and curcumin are the same thing, and the answer is no. So turmeric is actually the spice. So it comes from primarily mostly from Southeast Asia and India being one of the major countries or major consumers of turmeric. So, so if you have seen Indian food, uh, most of the Indian dishes are yellow in color, and that color comes from turmeric, uh, which is used as a spice. But a very small fraction of turmeric, somewhere between 2 to 4% of total turmeric powder contains the active medicine in it, which has strong anti-inflammatory, antioxidant properties, that is called curcumin. So curcumin is a medicine which is present in a very, very small quantity, small fraction of turmeric. Um, while turmeric is a spice, curcumin is active medicine. Mm. Well, you know, doctor, part of the focus of your study was cancer cell communication. And would you describe for the audience, what is cancer cell communication and 
how and why do they communicate? Yes, uh, Peter. So thanks uh, for this very interesting question. So I'll try to simplify it as best as possible. So, so cancer cells, what are the cancer cells? Cancer cells are nothing really. They don't come from any outer world. These are, the, these are our own cells, which uh, we are born with. So it's basically another way to look at it is every single cell in our body comes with a built-in time clock. So whether we are talking about a skin cell, hair cell, nail cell, colon, breast, doesn't matter. So every cell has a finite time span to live. And this process is controlled by certain genes. So, so every 10 days, 9 days, 15 days, depending upon what part of the body the cell is, it, it goes away and the new cell replaces it. So, But imagine that genes which are controlling this time clock, if they stop functioning, um, these old cells don't die because they don't get the signal to die and the new cells keep coming in. And then we have a huge mass of cells, which is basically cancer. So it's, it's a fairly simple process. So it's basically, I call, try to refer to it as abnormal growth of your normal cells. Mm. So this is cancer. But these cancer cells, they cannot, because like I said, they, every cell has this finite time frame, so they cannot live forever. So how do they survive? They need to communicate. They need to communicate with the cells, normal cells around them. So they're very slick. They're very clever. So what do they do? They, they, they talk to the normal cells around it, and then they convince them to share their nutrition to them. So uh -huh. otherwise, they cannot survive. So, so they continue to communicate with the normal cells around them, channel their food, channel their nutrition away from them for their own survival. And this is a very, very important process, how cancers continue to grow, because they, they need food, and, and they continue to steal food from the normal cells. So what we have shown is that curcumin and many other botanicals, when you give them, how do they function as an anti-cancer or cancer preventative? Because curcumin has this uncanny ability to stop this communication between cancer cells and surrounding normal cells. And when that happens, cancer cells don't get the nutrition they need, the food they need, and they begin to die within a matter of few hours to a few days. So this is absolutely beautiful that how a simple food botanical can, can stop this communication between cancer cells and normal cells, which is a unique mechanism, which is a very important mechanism, how uh, these cancer cells become nutrition deprived and then they respond to these treatments. Wow. You know, this study also looked at how a type of chemotherapy called 5-FU works at a cellular level. What's the difference between chemotherapy effects and curcumin effects? Yes. So 5-FU. So 5-FU is basically 5-fluorouracil. So this is a chemotherapy which is given to mostly patients with many cancers, but primarily to patients who have colorectal cancer. So whether you have a cancer of colon or rectum, sometimes it's given also in patients with pancreatic cancer. But in this particular study, we were looking at colon cancer cells uh, because colon cancer patients get this. This is the first line standard of care chemotherapy for patients who get colon cancers. So what is the difference? So chemotherapy is pretty uh, effective in killing cells. So that's no question about it. If patients take this chemotherapy, uh, the intended purpose of the goal is that if they take this chemotherapy, it will go and kill their cancer cells, which chemotherapy does to some extent. But the problem is anybody who has taken chemotherapy, they can tell you this, that when they take these chemotherapies, they, they experience a lot of side effects. They experience a lot of toxicity. And that toxicity comes from the lack of specificity or selection of chemotherapy 
to the cells. So by that, what I mean is when, you, when a patient takes chemotherapy, it not only kills their cancer cells, but it also kills the healthy, normal cells around the cancer, which is a problem because that's why patients feel sick. They don't like it. Many of the patients who have mm-hmm. done chemotherapy for a short while, they will even decide to abandon it because they cannot manage the toxicity. So that's a, one problem of chemotherapy, that it is not very specific. Second problem is any patient who has undergone chemotherapy, uh, they feel better in the beginning because their cancer cells uh, to, to some degree are gone. Uh, chemotherapy can kill them. But give them a few months or a few years, you will see many of these patients begin to get the disease recurrence or relapse. Why did the disease come back? Why did the cancer come back if you thought that the cancer is gone? The reason is because there is something we have learned is called cancer stem cells. So these are a very small fraction of all cancer cells which are left behind uh, while the patient is on chemotherapy because chemotherapy has no way of killing these cancer stem cells. So as soon as the patient is off chemotherapy, these cancer cells basically come out of the hiding and they begin to multiply very fast. And second time, any patient will get cancer. Second time, the cancer is a lot more aggressive and this is because of uh, these cancer stem cells. So two major problems, toxicity with chemotherapy and the inability of chemotherapy to kill cancer stem cells. And what we showed in this study is that curcumin can actually solve both the problems. So when you take curcumin, Curcumin is not toxic to your normal cells. So patients, when they take it, they, they, they don't have any toxicity. They, they, they have actually much better quality of life. And the second is that curcumin not only kills cancer cells, but also kills these cancer stem cells, which make it a lot more attractive that now you have a very simple, inexpensive, safe, food-based botanical, which can offer you better quality of life and also lower your chance of the cancer coming back. Well, that, that's just absolutely amazing. And uh, Dr. Gold, is there any indication that the, uh, the curcumin would boost the effectiveness of chemotherapy, or is that what you just explained? And you know, I think our audience certainly would be interested to know, uh, maybe more to the point, uh, what, what's the, what was the amount of curcumin that was used per, you know, what was the, the measurement that you used? And how does that yes. translate into something that's useful to uh, a patient? Absolutely. So basically, you asked two questions. The first one was, and which I get a lot, because uh, uh, although I believe that botanicals like curcumin should be used in a preventative setting, which means we should try to use them as part of our daily, um, just like we take a daily multivitamin, because they work beautifully if you take them early on so that you can prevent something which has not happened. But a lot of the patients come back, reach out to me, and they ask me, uh, Dr. Goel, I already have a cancer. Can I take uh, curcumin? Uh, while I'm on chemotherapy. So we have done studies. Many other people over the globe have done studies. There are now hundreds and hundreds of studies done that actually when you are taking chemotherapy and if you take curcumin along with, actually it makes chemotherapy look better because, like I said, curcumin can not only um, kill cancer cells, but it can also reduce the toxicity from chemotherapy. So the answer is yes, curcumin synergizes or works cooperatively with chemotherapy, makes the patient feel much better and, and actually make the efficacy of chemotherapy go up quite a bit. Also yeah. in the study, we have shown that when patients take curcumin along with chemotherapy, they can actually reduce the dose of their chemotherapy, which means reduce the toxicity from chemotherapy. In terms of dose, uh, we are doing clinical trials. I think a dose of about two grams of curcumin 
over the day, entire day, which means 500 milligram capsules or tablets uh, three or four times a day is plenty enough to see these kinds of benefits. Well, we'll be right back with more of our interview with Dr. A.J. Goal after a word from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Balance and good health, two essential building blocks for a full and rich life. But sometimes in our complex and stressful world, both can be lost, and you need to find a natural way to get them back. Enter CBD oil, a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life. But not just any CBD oil. For natural results, you want to be sure the CBD oil you use is produced the right way. Wave Organics offers pure CBD oil from hemp raised naturally on farms in Colorado. The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit waayb.com to learn more and use the code wellnessconnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. You know, Peter, CBD is flooding the market. Yes, it is, Roddy. And so many people are not only not educated on the quality differences of hemp products, but how this truly is an effective, safe, and reliable supplement for the body to function and run more smoothly. You know, to me, some of the uh, diseases we're seeing today are caused by inflammation. Uh, whether it's in the brain or skin or joints. That's right. And Wave Hemp Extract is an incredible supplement to help our bodies function better as we try to remove the causes of inflammation. I've done a lot of research on various manufacturers and reps, and they come in and try and, you know, sell me their wares all the time. But Wave is my number one choice for both quality, taste, and effectiveness. I have about 15 products on my shelves, and Wave Extract outsells practically all others combined. Why? Well, it's because it works, very simply. You know, I I take it also because, as you know, I work out regularly, and I push my body pretty hard for somebody my age or chronological advantage. (laughs) (laughs) And I've found that, that Wade really does help me recover more quickly because it keeps that level of inflammation post-exercise to a manageable level. Yeah, it keeps the inflammation down. It's so important. And I just want to say one more thing to our listeners. You know, like you, Peter, I don't get commission on anything I sell for my company. 
you and I both are here to help people as practitioners. And Wave CBD is one of my main tools. Yes, thank you, uh, Roddy. And now let's continue our interview with Dr. A.J. Goal. And welcome back to the Wellness Connection. We're talking with Dr. A.J. Goal. Um, doctor, I have a, a question for you. What kinds of research will we need to convince mainstream oncology of curcumin's cancer effectiveness? I think uh, this is a this is a educational process, and I've been doing this for quite some time. And I think even this interview is part of this process. Uh, I think there's no doubt in my mind, and anybody who is listening to this show, or anybody who has read anything about curcumin, that it has hundreds of years of um, uh, evidence to show that it is a very potent anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and even helps patients with cancer. So we know this for hundreds of years, even thousands of years. People have used this botanical for different purposes over decades and centuries. What we did not have was the scientific evidence how this botanical works in helping patients with so many different diseases, including cancer. But in the last 20, 30, 40 years, uh, we have researched this compound so much. And if you go to, if anybody goes to PubMed, which is a which is a database uh, where you can look up all the scientific peer-reviewed studies from the National Institutes of Health. So anybody can go to pubmed.org.org, and if you put the word curcumin, as of today, there are more than eleven thousand. Okay, so there are more than eleven thousand studies published on curcumin in different diseases, and roughly three or four thousand of them are on cancer alone. So. Oh. To, to, to the best of my knowledge, there's no drug, there's no botanical, there's no compound ever, ever, which has this much large body of science. 11,000 studies showing this compound works. So it's, it's, it's unbelievable that there's so much evidence out there. So what is missing now is we need to continue to do more clinical trials. We need to continue to do more human studies and we continue to educate our um, uh, clinical colleagues to show them that this compound works and they should be using this in conjunction with their conventional treatments in patients with cancer. Now, speaking of human clinical studies, you've been involved in some of those, I know, uh, regarding curcumin. And could you give us a brief overview of what that entails? Yes. So I've been involved in human clinical studies with curcumin for the last many years. Uh, and these studies are not just limited to cancer, obviously. Um, that is my primary focus of research. So, so we have done studies on curcumin and colon cancer, curcumin and breast cancer, cervical cancer, prostate cancer. But in addition to that, I've, I've, I've been involved in, because curcumin, remember, um, the fundamental um, efficacy of curcumin comes from its potent uh, anti-inflammatory activity, which is the root cause of a lot of problems, a lot of chronic diseases, including cancer. So so that's why we are, I've been involved in clinical trials with curcumin on patients who have uh, Alzheimer's or uh, rheumatoid arthritis or chronic depression. So, so I've done a whole slew of clinical studies with curcumin, and I can tell you that most of these studies are uh, most of these studies have uh, placebo-controlled arms and and so forth. And each one of these studies, what we have seen is whether it is cancer or uh, arthritis or depression. That, that curcumin worked as good or better 
than the standard of uh, treatment stand, modern drugs we're using to treat these patients either with cancer or with um, uh, uh, antidepressant in, in case of depression or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs in case of uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So the evidence is there that it works as good or better. So if I'm a patient and if I'm told that curcumin can offer you the same level of benefit compared to the modern drug you're taking, which one would you choose? Obviously curcumin because it is safe. There's no concern of toxicity, which is pretty much there's no drug out there which does not have a toxicity profile associated to it. So, and it can be used, it is not helping you for just that one symptom you're taking because it helps reduce inflammation. It helps reduce oxidative stress. So it helps you on so many different levels uh, besides taking care of the primary symptoms, what you're taking it for. Well, is all curcumin the same? I mean, what kind of curcumin do you use in your human studies and, and why? Yes. So very, very, very important question. So are all curcumin same? The answer is no. Uh, as many good properties of curcumin are there, it's, I've already told you it is a wonderful botanical, but it does have one challenge. And that challenge is that it is poorly absorbed by our bodies once we take it uh, orally. So if you take a curcumin pill, um, much of it, if you take a generic curcumin, much of it will come out without getting absorbed in our bloodstream. So it has poor bioavailability or people use bioabsorption. So that is why it is very, very important that not all curcumins are same because there are many different preparations of curcumin out there where the manufacturer or the producer of this curcumin extract have used methodologies to enhance, to increase its absorption in our bloodstream. So in my studies, I've used a specific extract of curcumin called BCM95. BCM95, the reason I use this for last now close to 10 years is because compared to generic curcumin, it is highly high absorption curcumin. It absorbs somewhere around nine to 10 times more than conventional curcumin, which means nine to 10 times more efficacy. It stays in the body longer, which means if it stays in the body longer, it is gonna help you for much longer because otherwise much of the curcumin comes out of the body within a couple of hours. Third, it is all natural. So the way the, the manufacturer has increased its absorption is by using natural oils present in the in the spiced turmeric. So rather than using any artificial fats or lipids, which is typically a convention to increase its absorption. So in this case, they have not used any artificial fats, but use oils which are already present in the spiced turmeric to en enhance its absorption. So, so I like it very much because it is all natural, absorbs better, stays in the body longer. Well, Dr. Gold, are you familiar with liposomal curcumin and what are your thoughts on that? Yes, I mean, um, uh, I do not have any personal experience with liposomal uh, curcumin. Uh, I'm very familiar, and this is, again, this is another uh, approach uh, or another way to enhance the absorption of curcumin. And I do understand there are several preparations of liposomal curcumin out there, and but I personally have no experience. I've seen a lot of exciting studies that given these are liposomal, their absorption levels are also much higher than generic curcumin, but I do not have any first-hand experience uh, mm -hmm. using any of these curcumin extracts. Okay. 
So, Dr. Gold, uh, you're a published author, and uh, would you share with the, our audience just to, just briefly about your book? What is it about, and how can uh, our listeners get hold of it? Yes, so so I I did publish uh, a book a few years back, uh, which is a very very simple read actually, uh, and I, I I say it simple because you know my my ten year old can read it and follow it. So so that was the whole purpose of writing this book because. By convention, being a scientist, uh, I tend to use heavily scientific jargon, which makes it very challenging for people who are not in work uh, in a scientific field. So, so the purpose of this book is, the name of the book is Curcumin, uh, Nature's Answers to Cancer and Other Chronic Diseases. It's a very simple read. It's a very short 150-page book. And the purpose of that book is to, to basically make a, a lay audience, people who are not in the scientific field, uh, understand the value of curcumin, how s- such a simple spice has so many wonderful properties in terms of uh, how it works in patients with cancer, how it works with patients who have uh, chronic diseases like arthritis or heart disease or, or depression or many other illnesses. The point is to simplify it enough that anybody who can read it, I think it probably takes couple of hours, it's a very simple read, but I think it simply shows, I try to simplify all the scientific studies in such a way that an average person can appreciate the, 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 the scientific rigor and the scientific evidence of curcumin, why it works in so many different diseases and why such a simple one botanical can work in so many different diseases compared to we have to take a specific drug for every single uh, problem we have with our health conditions. So I think it's a one-stop shop in terms of taking a very healthy supplement, which can help you prevent a lot of different things. But those who have disease or some kind of concern, I think it's a very, very safe, very effective natural botanical out there. Well, that's that's awesome. And just briefly, real quick, before we have to go, you were um, also doing some research on Boswellia. Is there any new news um, on the research for Boswellia? Yes, so, so Boswellia is another one of my favorites. Uh, we have done uh, quite a bit of studies on it, uh, on Boswellia also. So, so the point is, most of the chronic illnesses are because of high inflammatory stress in our bodies. High chronic inflammatory stress, which is completely asymptomatic, and curcumin has an uncanny ability to, to suppress lot of inflammation, chronic inflammation in our body. However, curcumin primarily works through COX-2 or cyclooxygenase 2 pathway, which is very, very important because it, if you overactivate this pathway, it causes inflammation. But what we knew that Boswellia, on the other hand, works through a completely different mechanism to shut down inflammation. So it works through something we call 5-lipooxygenase or 5-LOX pathway. So that was the rationale that if you use a botanical which suppresses inflammation through a completely different pathway, and if you bring multiple botanicals together, just imagine if a patient is taking curcumin and Boswellia together, and I get these emails, phone calls all day long, that people who take these two together, they feel much better, much faster. The reason is that now they're using two different botanicals who function two different ways to, to suppress or reduce inflammation in the body. And that is why combining these two together can actually offer much more hope and much more relief faster and much more effectively for cancer and many other chronic diseases. 
Well, Dr. Gold, you know, there's so much more we know you have to share with us, and I, we hope that you'll uh, do us the uh, favor of coming back as a return guest so that we can learn more about your amazing research. But that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on The Wellness Connection, Dr. A.J. Gold. We'll be Thank right you back so much. after a short message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. All of us go through menopause or andropause at some point in our life. The changes in our body make us feel depressed, less confident, and lethargic. Research shows that levels of testosterone drop 50% between the ages of 20 and 40 for females and almost 1% every year for males over the age of 40. Alpha Male X and Alpha Female contain a powerful blend of nine synergistic ingredients designed to help support healthy hormone metabolism in men and women. Additionally, the select ingredients in this formula have been proven clinically effective in supporting sexual health and energy, promoting healthy cortisol levels, and providing dopamine support. When it comes to hormones, one supplement does not fit all. So be sure and visit alphatherapeutics.us and fill out the questionnaire to get the dosing instructions that are right for you. Use the code wellnessconnection for a 15% discount on your first order. Let's connect because together we make our lives better. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice America talk radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. You know, Peter, there's a lot of male enhancement products out there, but the key ingredient that makes all the difference in alpha male X is the ashwagandha. And we're about to talk about adaptogens in our supplement of the week segment coming up. But as you know, it's not just low T. Half the battle is about stress. That's right, Radia. You know, when you're under stress, the body automatically diverts a lot of the hormonal raw material that would normally be used uh, to help uh, fuel the reproductive hormones uh, to the stress response. And as a result, you have the usual uh, uh, outcomes of not only low testosterone, but the accompanying low libido, uh, erectile dysfunction, etc. So the more that you can normalize the stress response, the better your libido is going to be. It's as simple as that. And that's one of the things that Alpha Male X does and is unique in the marketplace about. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Well, Roddy, we know what that sound means. It's time for our weekly feature, The Supplement of the Week. And what would that be? So, Peter, the author of Adrenaline Nation, you're the expert on stress. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're going to like this pick of the week. It's Adaptinol by Orthomolecular, which is an adaptogen supplement. Yeah, Roddy, the term adaptogen refers to a compound that allows the body to naturally fight off stress from any external circumstance, be that induced by diet, emotional fatigue, panic, or physical stimuli. Well, this might sound a little weird, but the body's response to all forms of stress are usually regulated by the same metabolic pathways. So a compound that helps regulate the synthesis of proteins, steroids, and hormones that are used in the stress response system will have benefits that are expressed in a variety of situations. And because the body's stress response mechanism is so widely used, adaptogens sort of act as a system-wide metabolic enhancer that increases your reactivity to physiological stimuli and physical performance. The exact mechanism of adaptogenic action is hard to pin down precisely because of their vague but real system's wide effect on the body. They seem to simultaneously alter a variety of stress-induced hormone pathways that act together to regulate how your body responds to different stimuli. But it does, however, look like they have a significant effect on how your DNA is replicated, and digesting adaptogens seem to help your body produce more proteins that are used to help your body fight stress-induced physiological reactions. So in a sense, adaptogens do exactly what their name would suggest. They help our body adapt to different circumstances. Exactly. And the overall health benefits of an increased stress defense system are pretty widespread. They include, but are not limited to, increased metabolism, enhanced immunity, better sleep, higher energy levels, and research is now showing adaptogens may increase lifespan. And now it's time for the burning question where we answer those important health questions that you, the listeners, send in to us. It's important to note that any diagnosis of disease can only be provided by your medical doctor or other licensed healthcare professional. None of the information we present is intended for the diagnosis or treatment of disease. Our burning question this week comes from Bridget in Marble Falls, and she asks, what can I do for athlete's foot? Well, Bridget, athlete's foot is not just for athletes. It's a common fungal infection of the skin of the foot. Symptoms include itching, burning, small blisters, inflammation and cracking, scaly skin between the toes. If blisters break, they'll expose raw areas of the tissue that can swell and cause pain. And athlete's foot is caused by the tinea fungus, which you can pick up by touching a person who already is infected or from walking on damp floors in public showers or locker rooms. It's also possible to catch a fungal infection from dogs and cats or from farm animals. A sign that animals are infected is a patch of skin with missing fur. Well, Bridget, 
first of all, let's, let's do some practical things. Uh, at home, take off your shoes and expose your feet to air. Wear all cotton socks and change them daily. Dry your feet carefully, especially between the toes after using a locker room or public shower. Avoid walking barefoot in public areas. Instead, wear flip-flops, sandals, or water shoes. And throw away worn-out exercise shoes. Never borrow other people's <laughs> shoes. Yeah, for sure. And an excellent home remedy is tea tree oil, which is extracted from the leaves of Melaleuca alternifolia. This works as well as or better than pharmaceutical antifungal products. Apply a light coating to the affected area two or three times a day and continue to apply it for two weeks after signs of the infection have disappeared to make sure the fungus is eradicated. Yeah, tea tree oil will also clear up fungal infections of the toenails and fingernail conditions that are usually difficult to cure, even with strong systemic antifungals. Yes, and be sure to select brands that are 100% tea tree oil, not diluted, and also make sure that you're patient in its use. Fungal infections are difficult to overcome, and it may take several weeks to a few months for you to see results. Yeah, and you could also try grapefruit seed extract, which is reported to have significant antifungal effects. Apply the exact full strength two or three times a day to the affected area. An additional measure that may help is adding a clove or two of garlic, either raw or lightly cooked, to your food. Garlic has natural antifungal activity. Or you could put the clove oil in a foot bath. Well, I hope that helps, Bridget. You can submit your own burning question by going to thewellnessconnection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. And tune in every week to hear if your question is being answered on the air. We'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Balance and good health. Two essential building blocks for a full and rich life. But sometimes in our complex and stressful world, both can be lost. And you need to find a natural way to get them back. Enter CBD oil, a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life. But not just any CBD oil. For natural results, you want to be sure the CBD oil you use is produced the right way. Wave Organics offers pure CBD oil from hemp raised naturally on farms in Colorado. The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit WAAYB.com to learn more and use the code WellnessConnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America.
You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Welcome back to the Wellness Connection, and it's now time for the Drug Nutrient Depletion Report. And what drug are we going to talk about this week, Radia? Well, the drug this week, Peter, is antibiotics. And the nutrients that antibiotics deplete, of course, first and foremost, is our natural flora. But also B-complex, vitamin K, magnesium, calcium, and potassium. Yeah, probiotic deficiency can weaken the immune system and it may cause yeast infection and digestive issues. And antibiotics also deplete biotin and acetol, vitamins B-complex, and vitamin K. Additionally, fluoroquinolones and all floxacins, uh, including Cipro, deplete uh, calcium and iron. Yeah, te- tetracyclines also deplete calcium and magnesium. Uh, trimethoprim depletes folic acid. And penicillins deplete potassium. Aminoglycosides, such as genomycin, cause imbalances of magnesium, calcium, and potassium. In fact, one study showed that the genomycin causes increased excretion of calcium by 5% and magnesium by 8.4%. So it's important that when you pick up your prescriptions, be sure that you talk to a qualified pharmacist or wellness consultant in order to help you get the right nutrients to complete your prescription. And now it's time for our health freedom segment. Our very special guest is attorney, activist, and sustainable farmer, Judith McGeary. After earning her bachelor's of science from Stanford University and her law degree with high honors from the University of Texas at Austin, she clerked for a federal appeals court and went on to private law practice. During that time, she became a passionate advocate for sustainable agriculture, and she and her husband established their own livestock farm. After seeing how government regulations benefit industrial agriculture at the expense of family farms, she founded the Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance, or FARFA, to promote common sense policies for local diversified agricultural systems. Judith served as the vice chair of the U.S. Secretary's Advisory Committee on Animal Health and, in addition to running FARFA, currently serves on the board of the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund and the advisory board of the Western Western A. Price Foundation. Judith, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Hey, My pleasure. Good hearing from you. So let's get right into this because there's some exciting um, stuff I'm hearing more and more about. This new term, regenerative agriculture, what exactly is that? Well, the concept is that we need to do more than just actually sustain um, our agriculture and our food system because the really terrible policies of conventional agriculture for the last 50 years have done so much damage to our land, our air, our water. Um, that what we need to do is regenerate it um, and, and actively restore what's been lost and create a system that will then carry that through into the future. Wow. So how does that, you know, you're a farmer yourself, as we mentioned in your biographical sketch. How does that benefit farmers? So 
If there are so many things for, that farmers suffer under the conventional system, and they're really trapped in it. Um, one of the first is farmers' health is very, it suffers a great deal. Um, the same pesticides and herbicides that people worry about on their food, the farmers and the farm workers are exposed to constantly. And the rates of things like cancers and Parkinson's and children's cancer are very high in farming in rural communities. Mm. It's also, I'd, I'd say, um, I could, you know, an emotional issue, a, a mental health issue, because you have farmers who genuinely want to do the right thing by their land, by their animals, by for their neighbors. These are not folks who want to do damage to any of this. And yet they are put under intense pressure by the conventional system to effectively mine our natural resources, to hurt the topsoil, to put animals under terrible conditions. Um, and there's no other way for them, frankly, to economically survive in the conventional system. This is what they have to do for, with the companies they're contracting with because of the pricing system, because of the con corporate consolidation. And so they are put in an impossible position. And frankly, actually, most of them don't economically survive. If you look at just farming, they are um, only surviving because they or a spouse have an off-farm job. Um, that's subsidizing their their attempt to stay in agriculture. Mm. Wow! Wow! That's just amazing. You know, you you obviously have a, a a wide network of people who are uh, part of your Farfa organization. Um, how many uh, regenerative farmers would you estimate there are in Texas, where you live, but also uh, nationwide? Oh, <laughs> that's a really hard estimate to, to come up with. I mean, there's probably nationwide a few thousand. It's a very small community. Mm -hmm. um, when you think about that, farmers, generally all farmers, are now about 1% of the population. Yeah. And then those of us who are doing, whether you call it sustainable or regenerative, organic, you know, whatever variation thereof, it's a tiny fraction of that 1% of the population. So it's, it's a very small community. And where do you project we're going with this, Judith? Are we getting, are we growing in this concept? Do you have hopes for it in the future? Or are we just doomed to big corp farming and we're just, there we are. What's your thought on that? I think we are neither fated to succeed nor fated to fail. It is very much in people's hands as to what happens. Hmm. Um, there's a great deal of interest in regenerative agriculture. There are people, who, young people who want to go into this type of farming. There's people like me who had other careers who chose to go into this, who want to choose to go into this type of farming and who are trying to make it work. Um, there's a lot of consumers out there who want healthier food than what's being offered, who care about what happens for their children, you know, and what sort of food supply there's going to be for their children and their children's health. So there's this, there's a lot of interest both in farmers and consumers, and we have more and more information out there, more and more opportunities. And yet, if we don't make it both legally and economically viable, it's going to die. Mm -hmm. um, and what I see right now is people aren't making that connection. They think that um, this is such a wonderful movement and look at this and farmers and consumers connect and, and it solves all the problems. And they don't step back and recognize 
that until we change the system we're functioning under, the laws, the regulations, we start doing some enforcement and, and breaking up these huge companies that control the system, it can all too easily get squashed. So if, if we've got just a minute or so before uh, we, we have to leave. Um, what, what would be the most important thing that a consumer who wants to support regenerative farming can do? I'd say there are two. One is shop your values. So go buy food that's being raised by farmers who are practicing the highest levels of care for their land. And you'll benefit too, because when they use methods that restore the land, restore the soil, um, you get healthier food, you get more nutrient dense food. So you aren't, you aren't doing it just as a favor to somebody, you're, you're investing in your own health and work to change the system. Um, so call and get involved politically, whether it is at the federal level, at the state level, at the local level, our farmers face challenges at every one of those levels. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. I, I, we deal with this all the time. And so whether you're talking to your city council or your state rep or your congressperson, there are things that can be done to support regenerative farmers and change the system. Um, but again, we've got, you know, a fraction of 1% are farmers. So that political change is only going to happen with the consumer voice supporting what the farmers need. Is there a place where our listeners can go to get more information on how they can get involved? I, our website is a great resource, I think. Um, it's www.farmandranchfreedom.org. That's farmandranchfreedom.org. You can sign up for email alerts. You can become a member and support our work. Um, we have tools and resources for how to contact your elected officials and how to talk to them. Um, and one of the things we specialize in is, is building bridges across the divides. So whatever your political philosophy is, doesn't matter. And whatever your legislators' political philosophies are, doesn't matter. Um, we all eat, right? We all eat. Um, and, and the great thing about regenerative agriculture is since it's about human health and local economies and, you know, sustainability over the long term, all this, it can appeal to everyone from every, from every end of the political spectrum. So, so don't write it off. This is a place where we can bring people together. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Judith. And that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in next week. And of course, be sure to submit your burning question. The next one we answer may be yours. I'm your co-host, Roddy Iglesias. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. So long for now from the Wellness Connection, brought to you by Wabe and Alpha Therapeutics. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Wellness Connection with Roddy Iglis and Peter McCarthy. Be sure to join us for another episode next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week.